Well, I haven't got to speak to you on a couple months, the way it worked out, but I'm really excited about tonight. I've had a crazy two weeks, me and Beth. Anyone have a crazy two weeks? It can be, it's okay if you've had a crazy, I've had a crazy couple weeks and I've needed the Lord, but I've been waiting for tonight. I'm so excited and expectant about tonight. But in the past couple months, man, we, we went to New Orleans, we had Easter. Guys, the month of April has been the best month of elevation I think I've ever part of. We had Young Guns, we had Pastor Neil come speak, we had Pastor Rick come speak. It's just like the stage was already on fire before I came on to it. It's so, so good. Um, I have a picture. Uh, one small thing happened I want to show you all. If you didn't already know, me and Bethany got engaged. It's my fiance. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. We can do this. We can do it. We can do it. If you're new, I'm not full of myself, I promise. We're just a single pastor, and God has graced me finally with a fiancé. And uh, on April 1st, I proposed to my beautiful fiancé, Bethany Walker, and uh, we are getting married in uh, three short months, July 1st. And so you can give it up for us. We're excited. We're excited. Okay, I need everyone in this room, sound of my voice, to make eye contact with me. We're getting married in this room on July 1st. If you're a college student and you're going to work at a camp or going home, I need you to come back. Great. Cool. Thank you. You are all invited. If you don't think you're invited, you're invited. Okay, that was easy. Next question. If one of your friends couldn't make it tonight, they had something, and they're like, I don't know if I'm, they're invited. Okay, that's what you need to know, because we are blessed to be pastors now. Bethany is going to be y'all's female pastor. I've been waiting in Jesus' name, and she's going to be that person. And um, we've been, I, I've been waiting for this, and so we want all y'all to celebrate with us, but we ain't sending 200 saved the dates out, so I don't got the money for that. I'm a pastor. All right. So I love y'all, but you're invited. We're going to have dessert, and we're going to dance probably at 7 o'clock, July 1st, in this room. We're going to party. I need the nation here, because it's going to be, as some of y'all would say, lit. That's weird, but people say that. You know, in the 90s, people said that when they're on acid, just throwing that out there. I don't know if y'all knew that. I'm serious. The young adults are like, yeah, people used to say that when they're on drugs. Okay. Back to this now. Okay, last service, but we're excited. Thanks for celebrating with us. Thanks for praying for us. Me and Beth are really excited. God is so good. Um, this summer, we are, this is our last service, but we're always doing things. We're a church. With all due respect, we're just not a ministry. I've told you that every week, we're, we're, so we'll be going on. So guys, if any of you here, young adults, I know you would be working, but cautions, for those of you who are here all summer, we're still going to be here at 9.30, We're still going to have church every week. Me and Beth are going to be here every week other than Haiti, and we're on our honeymoon. Peep, sorry, but we ain't going to be here that week. So, And we're going to be here. So if you're like, oh, no, no, we don't take a break from church for three months because we're, we're a part of a local church. Amen? And so you just got to know you can stay as connected as you want. But if y'all, everyone got notes when you walked in, I need you to turn your notes over. Turn your notes over, everyone in this room. I just want to give you some vision on two things. We're going to do a monthly Elevation Hangout once a month. We'll probably hang out every week, but we're not going to do a quote unquote hangout every week. We'll be spontaneous hanging out. May 26th, we're going to take over B4, grill and chill, volleyball, the works. We're going to do that. And then the next that you see is a thing called Equip. Last summer we did this thing called Core. Uh, I love it, but 18 things in this church are called Core, so we changed the name to Equip. It's just how I am. I don't like the being the same. So um, it's off of Ephesians 4.12. The, the church's purpose is to equip the saints, you guys, for the work of the service so you can become mature. And all that is is a large, small group. So we'll meet in the chapel until we get too big. We'll meet in the sanctuary. We get in about 10 to 15-person circles. We'll have someone from our church, no worship, teach. And then we'll break out and have discussion in the circle. A large, small group, right? We'll do that for eight weeks. So we'll start on June 9th. 
four weeks in June on Thursday, same thing, and four, day, four weeks in July on Thursday, and then when it ends, eight weeks of equip ends, the next week is Collide Student Conference. And so if you're not ready for that, you better be getting ready because it's going to be awesome. If you're a college student in this room, I would challenge you to come back somehow, someway. I'll pay for your gas. I ain't scared. I don't even have money, but I'll figure it out. We'll have like a raffle or a fundraiser. <laughs> you need to be at Collide. If you're a young adult in this room, I get the awesome opportunity to be over the volunteers, and my heart is that the young, young adults in Conway and Little Rock and some adults, we would serve. We would be the serve, so I need y'all to serve. So if you're like, oh, I don't think I'm old, too, old, too old for Clyde. No, you're not. Just come serve with me. It'll be great. Okay? Great. And you always follow our social media for this kind of stuff. I just, sometimes you get to a ministry and you're like, well, I'll see you in August. That's not how I do life church rolls. Okay. I want to celebrate two things with you all. We're going to get in the word. This semester, as of today, uh, 2016, in this ministry, we've had 11 of y'all, 11 people dedicate for the first time or rededicate their life to Christ. And we've had 14 people go public with faith and get baptized. That's a place we give God a hand because that's a big deal. So some of y'all in this room, that was you or you got baptized. It's awesome. We love you guys. Okay, turn your Bibles. Mark 2. We're going to get into it. Mark 2, verse 1. It will be on the screen soon. Guys, don't put it on the screens yet. I'm going to pray. No, I'm not. I'm going to read the scripture there. I'm going to pray. I'm getting excited. Mark 2. And I have some vision to share with you all after the message. It's not a lot of vision. Uh, Pastor Neil has challenged me to dream about our ministry. And uh, I believe God has given me some vision for us in the fall. And uh, change is not the right word. The best word is refocus because it's not going to be anything crazy new. But we're going to do some things different. I'm going to dream with you all at the end and cast some vision. Uh, spoiler alert. So you, it's going to be great. But Mark 2, I'm going to read my Bible. I have a big Bible. Don't judge me. I've got a lot to learn. If you're with me, say yeah. If you're not, say nay. Yes, good. Oh, no, my Bible turned. <laughs> oh, almost nothing. Okay. I almost said peed. That's what I almost said. This is what's great. Okay. Mark 2. We're going to break the scripture down. Verse 1 through 12, and then I'm going to pray. Jesus heals a paralyzed man is what my Bible says. I'm in the NIV. A few days later, stop. a few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there, and there was no room left. What y'all think about that? Not even outside the door. Okay, this is a visual, and if maybe you've never experienced this. Most of y'all have, though. In college, good or bad, the, the, there's a pendulum. There's, a, we, there's parties. So you can go to the rager. There's a cake stand. People don't remember. They black out. Just being honest. And then there's over here that people are hanging out. It's not about drinking or not drinking, but the people socialize. They get in house. They have house parties, right? And so this is what I visualize when I think about it. There's no room. So we, in college, when I was in college, I know y'all still do this. It's like we're trying to figure out where everyone's at, and this is what we do. It's silly when you think about it, but it's kind of funny. We're all trying to be at the same place, but then when you, like, walk into that house party on a Friday or Saturday night, it's, like, so dark, like, sweat heat hits you in the face when you walk in, and it's, like, 65 separate three-person conversations, and you're trying to walk around and say hi to everyone, but we're really not doing anything, but some are having some drinks, some people are throwing ping pong balls, some people are just chilling, you know, all this stuff's happening, but it's, like, we're all in this confined space. Anyone ever been to something like that? Don't act like y'all don't kick it, man. Come on, man. You're gonna hate to kick it. Anyways, this is what I envisioned. But then there were some parties we would try to go into, and I'm not saying these parties are bad, I'm just saying, and, and you couldn't even get in because there's no room. Like, it's like you open the door and you're like, okay, I'll see y'all next week, this is crazy. <laughs> what are y'all doing? And it's like a little duplex house, and I used to live on the street called Mitchell, and we used to just go hard. And so everyone would come over our house, and you couldn't move, and it was like, it takes you 30 minutes to get over to the sink, and maybe y'all never do that. Okay, I guess it's just me. Wow, whatever. Wow, really cool Christians in the room. Okay, no room left. Not even outside. This is what I visualize. you got to make the Bible come to life. And he preached the word of them, talking about Jesus. 
some men, bringing him a paralytic or a, a, a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, that's important, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. Sometimes the crowd could be hundreds or even thousands of people. They made an opening. There was not room, so they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. This is crazy. After digging through it, because then back then they had cement houses, but the, the, the roof was made of like a combination, almost like a bird's nest, of like straw and mud and other things. So it's like solid, but these dudes are digging through the roof. Can y'all imagine like if we're in Conway Regional and we walk in and we're like, hey, my friend needs to go to the emergency room. They're like, it'll be five hours. And we're like, cool. <laughs> we like go on the roof, start digging this hole, and then we drop in the room 312 and we're like, we'll see our doctor now. <laughs> Thank you. We in here, you know? That's what these dudes did. It's crazy. They lowered the mat. I mean, they have like a pulley system. It's just, it's amazing. These are great friends. They lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, I just, I just can't imagine. I bet Jesus was like, dang, yes, this is awesome. That's what I would have said. When Jesus saw their faith, you need to hear that. It's the first thing Jesus noticed. Man, these friends are incredible. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6, now some teachers of the law were sitting there because these Pharisees and other religious teachers would go and they're just curious to what Jesus would say. Because they're trying to find something to accuse him for, something to say, oh, that's not right. They're always, they're being haters. That's the best way to put it. They're thinking to themselves, why does this fellow, I just think it's funny, fellow. Who calls someone a fellow? These dudes are lame. Why does this fellow talk like that? NIV. He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins other than God alone? Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit, because he's God, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Isn't that crazy? If like Jesus was right here and I'm like, Jesus, what's up? And he's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what you're thinking? I'm like, I didn't. And he's, I'm, he's like, yeah, that's what. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, Wesley. And he's like, apologize. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, I know you're thinking. Stop thinking that. It's kind of gangster. That's the gangster part of Jesus. But he's God. Why are you thinking these things, Jesus said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or get up and take your mat and walk. I'll explain that in a second. Verse 10. But that you may know the Son of Man, and this is the first time in the book of Mark Jesus says, he identifies, hey, I'm the Son of God. It's the first time he said that, all caps, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. This is what the paralytic did. He got up, took his mat, walked in full view of them. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this in our lives. This is crazy. Why Jesus said your sins are forgiven because God's all about the root of issues and heart. And sometimes on the external, whether it's physical or emotional or mental, something could be playing out in my life or your life. But Jesus is always concerned with the internal. And sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's doubt. So he goes right at that and he says, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't talk about the Everyone's like, the dude's paralyzed. Why are you saying that? And then he says, get up and walk. Because God's always intentional on the heart and the root. He's not trying to behavior modify us. Okay? You got to hear that tonight. Another verse I'll share with you, and then we'll pray. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 will be on the screens. This is the prophet Isaiah. This is God speaking. But forget all that. Move on. There's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you see it? I will make pathways through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Some of y'all, the past couple weeks, called you on that. You've been going through kind of like a wilderness. Things have just been harder than it normally is. Some of y'all, things are going great, but God's looking at you saying, I'm going to create something new. I'm going to do something new. Do you see it? You need to make room for it. It's incredible. So I've entitled this message, Move and Make Room. Move and Make Room. We're going to break down that scripture in a second. I've actually got this 
uh, friend in ministry. His name's Clayton Baird. He came and spoke at Collide Night in the fall. He came to Elevation and spoke. He's incredible. He actually spoke this message to his ministry two years ago. And I'll be honest with you, I, I texted him earlier this week. I said, hey, can I have your notes this? I, I was reminded of this. I feel like this is the, a great message for me to share in April and what we're doing. He said, absolutely. So I just took his message and made it my own because that's what pastors do. That's how they roll. And so what's cool about that is he's going to be at Collide Student Conference too, plug number two. He's going to be one of the main speakers and he's fire. So I thought this was perfect because I know for me when I was a college student, and even for me when I was out of school and I was a young adult, there's something about summer, I told Surf Team this, it seems like for some reason I, always go, I would go on autopilot and then I would continue in the fall growing in my relationship with God. But I believe tonight that I want to challenge you with the word of God and that some of us need to move and make room. And this summer we need to be refreshed because that's what we know summer should be, a time of refreshment and shake some things up in our lives so we can grow deeper in God and, and do things in April that will get us ready for things in May, that will get us ready for things for August, that things are going to come to pass maybe in December we never dreamed of. Amen? Let's pray. Bow your heads. Lord, we love you. We pray for tonight. We thank you for your word. We pray for one church, the college ministry. Their leaders, James and Crystal Cicero, we, I know James is an incredible man of God. They've asked us to pray for their seniors that are graduating. We thank you for that church. We thank you for their college ministry. We, we pray, Lord, for wisdom for their seniors, just wherever they're going to go in this state, in this country. And I thank you for another church that's building up college students and young adults just like us. God, I do pray you speak to us tonight. Only ways you can, encourage us with your word. Let us finish strong tonight. But God, ultimately, we want to grow deeper in you. Show us areas we need to move and make room. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Ray Mizzy, you're great. Thank you, buddy. So move and make room. It's interesting. I, I am a, what I, me and my friends have liked to call a Dupree right now. And so I graduated grad school. will be three years this in May. And for the past three years, God has blessed me with three different of my best friend couples. Some are here. And I've lived with them. I've lived in their guest bedroom. The Lord put it on their heart. They said, hey, can you live? And I was like, yeah, I'll live in your guest bedroom. Y'all are my best friends. This is awesome. So I've been at Dupree. Well, now, how many of y'all know me and Bethany ain't going to move in the house with someone else? That could be weird. And so I got to move literally and figuratively to make room in a new home for me and Beth and the family we're going to start. And so I, we're looking for new houses. We're trying to get a new home. Not anything crazy because I'm a pastor budget. Hello. But, you know, enough with a, a living room because we dream about having you guys in our house often. Let me just be honest with you all. We're going to be like youth group pastors with young adults. So it's Friday night. Y'all ain't doing nothing. Come over to our house. We're just going to kick it. Saturday night. Y'all ain't doing nothing. Come over to our house. You get a car and you get a car. You get a, Just kidding. But it's kind of similar. I'm serious. We're going to kick it all the time. If you don't want to come, you should. Okay. But we got to move and make room for that. I can't do that right now. I, don't, I, I can't get a home for me and my future wife. Think about it this way. In the city of Conway, think of roads or buildings, how they've been renewed. So how many of y'all are young adult college? You drive two years ago. You hated driving on I-40. Let's be honest, the Little Rock. Some of y'all like it? How many of y'all hated it? You can be honest in church. Okay, and then when they moved and made room and went from two lanes to three, how many of y'all love it now? Yeah, it's incredible. You don't get to work 30 minutes late. You don't get home at 18 p.m. You know, that's later than anything. It's great. I know, it was a curveball. Y'all are listening. I'm making sure y'all are listening tonight. Think about the colleges in the city. UCA, when I was in school, they still say it. They, they used to say that UCA stands for under construction always. <laughs> because there's always something going on. 
But every other school, CBC, in the past two years, have built a new building, a new hall. We went and moving day two August ago, and we, they dedicated, and we got to do that. They built a new uh, library. They built a new coffee shop. And Hendrix, when I was an undergrad, they didn't have the WAC that was right by Seaborn Morgan Street in that roundabout. They didn't have that incredible facility. They built that about five years ago. They moved some stuff, made room so these students can have these incredible buildings and new things. OBNLC was not a college two years ago, and now we have 30 students that meet here, whether you believe it or not. In the children's ministry corner, we move some stuff around to make room for another college in our church. There's four colleges in this town. Moralton, other ones are closer. Move and make room. It's an interesting thought. Think about when you go grocery shopping. This will hit two different worlds with y'all. And when you spend about $150, the college students are already like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I can't even speak $50. And so you got to come home, and you get all these bags of groceries, and then you open your fridge, and you're like, I Where's this even going to go? I can't even put stuff anywhere. So you're like throwing out dressings that you never had. And you're like, I like that one. Well, I don't like that one. You're just throwing stuff away. You found stuff that you bought last time in the grocery store. You didn't eat. Has stuff growing on it now. And you're like, well, this sucks. Or if you're like me and you're a college student, you, you put your stuff up. And then you look at your fridge and you're depressed because it looks like you didn't go shopping. Because you already had nothing in it. Anyone can relate to that? And I'm like, I just spent $100 and I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. This doesn't make any kind of sense. You got to move some stuff. I call that the YA life, young adult life. You get groceries, and it looks like nothing happened. Move and make room. This is my main point tonight. I want you all right, take this down. In life, often you have to move something in order to make room for something else. In life, often we have to move something in order to make room for something else. Of course, we're going to be talking about a relationship with Christ. But some things that can be better, newer, fresher, stronger, more enjoyable. My favorite that I felt like God was putting on my heart for you healthier Physically, emotionally, spiritually, hello, mentally. Because for some reason lately we're pushing mental health down. And then you call us as we get down finals time, you're like, well, hello, what's going on? I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying it's very prevalent these days. Healthier things. We've got to move stuff around, move and make room. Okay, so we're going back to Mark 2, right, that scripture we read. So there's these guys and girls. They don't say their gender. They get to this house, and all they know is they want their friend to be close to Jesus so he can do something, right? And all these Bible times is interesting. So they're like, they get to the door, and it's, it's a, the party's full. It's a pack. So they realize they got to move, and they got to make some kind of room so that they can get their friend there. Because they knew if they didn't move and make room, they are going to miss out on an opportunity for God to move. Because opportunities, what's interesting about those guys, they come and they go. The same thing happened, we're reading the year of the Bible. In January, we're going through Genesis. It's the book of beginnings. And in Genesis 12, God comes to Abraham, and he starts telling him these promises. He said, but you have to get your family, and you have to move. But if you move, I'm going to make room for you, and I'm going to bless you. He's 80s, 90s. I'm going to give you a family. And he's like, well, this is crazy. And then I'm actually going to make you the father of all nations. I'm actually going to give you as many descendants as the, the, the sand on the ocean. But you have to move. What did Abraham do? By faith, there's a whole Hebrews 11 chapter about it. By faith, these heroes of faith move to make room for God to do something. So it all comes back to the thought of an opportunity elevation. There's opportunities in our life, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. But what's interesting about an opportunity, they come and go. They're not always there. There's usually a window of time for you to say yes or no. It's very hard when we're trying to make a decision that might change our life in a little bit because that opportunity, sometimes the door closes, especially like with a job. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was on Facebook. I don't do that often, but I was on there, and, and there was an ad, and it said UCA Bookstore 
um, has a half-off week sale in the bookstore. I thought, holla. So if y'all go to another school, CBC, Hendra, OBNLC, and you have a sale, you need to text me <laughs> because I'm, I'm there trying to get some swag, okay? So I went in there, and all week it was 50% off. I got some polos. I got a, a chair. And then I went to a soccer game the other day, and someone's like, man, where'd you get this chair? I was like, got it at the bookstore. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, it was half-off. And they're like, I didn't know that. And I was like, window closed, sucker. You can't get no free stuff. So opportunities that close. And I got a sweet chair. <laughs> Sorry. So just really wanted to tell you all that tonight. But I know for me in my life, so many times, I've let good opportunities go. Even times where I've had some regret, but I'm like, okay, Amir, you're just going to do better next time you have to be opener. But what I don't want for us, me and you as a generation, good opportunities come and go, yes, but I don't ever want to miss out on God opportunities. When God wants to do something, when God wants to move, and scripture, I've talked about it before, he calls them kairos moments, favorable moments in time. I don't want to miss out on something God's trying to do because I'm not willing to move and make room for him to do what only he can do. Does that make sense to y'all? Because a God opportunity is simply this. It's a chance for me to move so then God can move. When scripture says in the book of James, hey, you draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I've heard a pastor say that God's a motion-activated God. Think about, like, the hand dryer in the bathroom. You can stare at that mug all you want. It ain't going to dry your hands unless you do this. <laughs> I'm not saying that God's like, yeah, but motion-activated. Move, make, room. Let me give you some examples. Sometimes you've got to move your schedule. This is for me. To make room for private times of worship with God. Daily, we're doing the year of the Bible. You've got to move something in your schedule to make room to get in the Word for 15 minutes a day. You got to sometimes make, move some of your friends to make room for growth, health, maybe even reposition certain influences in your life. And as the church, sometimes y'all hear a pastor say this. I'm not saying ditch your friends, but I'm saying some of y'all have one, two, three spot friends that really need to be six, seven, eight spot friends. Because the path you're trying to go to, they are not helping you. They're actually derailing you. So sometimes you've got to move and make room. I'm not saying you abandon them. They need the love like you do, but they're not helping you go where you need to go. Some of y'all need to move maybe this, hear me when I say excessive amount of hobbies or things we do because the Lord desires time with you daily. That's for Amir. I get caught up in doing that. And the number one thing God's been teaching me the past two months is margin. You need to have margin, Amir, because I do, do, do. And my thing I do is ministry. It's ironic. When Jesus is trying to say, hey, I just want to spend time with you today. But you got to move some things around to make room. For me, where this hits home like crazy, me and Beth are doing a three-month engagement and I've been really asking God and trying to do better in my schedule to move things around, to spend more time with the Lord, because in three months I will be married for the rest of my life to that girl. And I want to prepare to be the best version of Mir, not perfect. I can't figure all this stuff out to be a husband, but I want to be the best version of Mir on July 1st, so close to the Lord, so then I can give that girl my best when we, when we start our marriage. But Amir has to move some stuff around because he's been single for his whole life and make room for the Lord to do more before my marriage. Does that make sense with you all? The Bible has another word for moving. Sometimes the, the Bible will say seeking. And I'll give you some examples. Matthew 7, 7, the second thing God says is seek and you will find. Knock and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be answered. Seek and you'll find. Matthew 6, very famous scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Seek, move, takes action. Hebrews eleven six. this is the faith chapter of the Bible. God reward those who earnestly seek after him. Do you hear the pattern? God wants us to move, to do something to make room for him to work in our lives. Move towards him, move for him. But this is the challenge I got when I was writing this message. We, some of us, or if not all of us, we want more of God, but we're not willing to move. 
man, I mean, I just need more of God in my life. I want to grow. I want to be able to encourage my friends. And then if we looked at our schedule, there's no movement for the Lord, myself included. Because it takes by faith. All of Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Ruth. By faith, she's not in that chapter, but I just threw in there, Rahab. By faith, David. These people move and made room for God. And they're the heroes of the faith is what some people call them. So my question for you tonight, and I'll ask this at the end as well. I want you to write this down or, or just think about it. What do you need to move in your life to make room for God to move? I'm going to say this phrase a lot. What do you need to move in your life? This is a good move. This is not, I'm not here to bash. This is a good move in your life to make room for God to move. So I'm going to give you all four quick points to end. And I'm going to make these points actually questions taken from Mark 2, that I hope helps you process, helps you think, and I believe what I've been praying this week, that God will show you something simple or something big, a way that you can move to make room for him. So my first question for you, number one, is what's your perspective? And I'll explain. What's your perspective, right? So verse 3 of the scripture we read earlier, they said they brought to him, Jesus, a paralyzed man. And this is what I came to find out. Have you ever noticed that all through the Gospels, the only kind of people that people are bringing to Jesus is messed up, hurting, disease-ridden, having demons. I don't know what the heck that means, but it's kind of intense. Like, hello, all those kind of people, right? No one ever walks up a family in four and they're like, hi, we're the Richardson family, Jesus, and it's really nice to meet you. Oh, no, we're great. We're very healthy. We've been following you for about six months, like Forrest Gump. We've just been back there. You never saw us. And uh, we just want to high-five you, uh, selfie, thank you. And we just want to say we love your work. Thank you. It's never happened. It doesn't happen. I'm sure there are those people out there. But everything we read and everything now, people are like, I need Jesus. I need a moment of Jesus. I need healing. Send Jesus. My daughter has died. I need it, right? And my question for y'all would be, do you ever feel like that? That the only people sometimes, I'm talking your friends that come to you, are like people that are going through something tough. Or it's like you're the friend sometimes, not always, but there's always a season of our life that you're the friend where people download stuff on and want to process with and call. And you're just like, sometimes you're like, why am I that friend always? And our perspective might be off. This is what I would want to encourage you with. Maybe it's because they see a little bit of Jesus in your life. And they know if I can get a little bit or a lot of what they have, it's not you, it's Christ through you. If I can get a little bit of that, I know things will better. I know I'll be more encouraged. I know I can break this long-term habit. I know I can get vision for my life. So what if we changed our perspective and thought, man, not, oh, man, people are always coming to me, or there's be times where all my besties are calling me and texting me, and it's like, no, no, no. Christ is working within me, man, and they see that. They want a glimpse of Jesus. For me, this happened like crazy in high school. Like I was the friend, I used to joke and say, do I have, I have a heart-to-heart with me on my forehead, guys and girls? It's like people, guys, I'm telling you, people would just tell me secrets all the time. Like, and I was like a vol. Someone like would walk up to me and be like, hey, so-so and said this, a guy. And if he says this again, I'm going to knock him out fourth period. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I have like no bank account. No, I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I just need to tell someone. Thanks, Mir. Hits my head. And walks away. I'm like, and I was very small in high school. I was like, cool. I like can't study. I'm like shaking in the next class. Or girls will walk up to me and be like, hey, I'm going to break up with so-and-so. Do you think this is a good idea? This is why. Da, da, da. I remember we'd be standing by the locker and going like this because I had a lot of friends. And they're like, okay, thanks, Amir. And they walk away and I'm like, thanks. I didn't talk at all in that conversation. It was a lot of fun. But even in college, it's just like I, people felt comfortable sharing stuff with me. I didn't grow up in church. So when I became a Christian, when I made a decision for Christ in college, I realized that that was just part of who God had created me to be. And I, I feel like I have a calling to help hurting people. 
Um, I got my master's in counseling, and I'm not saying that all, all you guys are hurting, but I think I'm here to help you guys grow spiritually, to be kind of a coach for you, to be farther along for you. But my perspective used to be very off, and I used to be get discouraged by that, but it was really my friends because I did not grow up in church. So imagine someone in this crowd right now having a bestie, and then in three or four years, they're leading in the church, and then in six years, they're the pastor. Because my best friends happened to be here, and, and he poured into me, and then years later, I became the pastor of the ministry he used to be in and discipled me. So it's not so much I'm special as that they have seen God working in you, and they want some of that. Can I get an amen? It's our perspective that might be off. Let me say something this. I believe strongly. I'm learning this more and more. It doesn't happen often. But when I was prepping, this is clear as day came to my heart. I learned this in grad school, I think. You have to know the difference in being a sponge and being a mirror, not a mirror. It's like I'm a mirror. I get it. Justin Timberlake sings about me. I get it. Okay. So sponge in a mirror. Let me explain. We aren't called to soak up people's or everyone's needs, hurts, problems, challenges. That's called being a sponge. What we are called to do is listen to people, walk alongside people, not give up on people, but ultimately we're called to deflect that to the Lord. The easiest way to do that is prayer. So I meet with a guy or my best friend calls me or I'm going through something. Yeah, you share with these people, but it's not meant. Because what we do is we carry those people's or our friends or our family stuff, and we already have our own stuff going on, and then we get overwhelmed because we don't have a solution. But that's what the cross of Jesus Christ was for, because he carried that stuff literally back then and defeated it. Then we deflect to the Lord, and he is the sponge. He is the one who wants it, who soaks it up, who wants to take it away. Because we're never meant to physically, emotionally, intellectually, we're not meant to or able to carry those things. So when it comes to your friends coming to you, family or anyone, or maybe you're that person that's seeking out help, which is an awesome thing, just know that you're just part of the solution. You're not the solution. We're called to be deflectors to Christ. Cool? Bonus. Number two. Number two question I ask is, who's in your circle? Who's in your circle? Circle of friends is what I mean. Closest people to you. Fab five is what T-Mobile used to say, and that died fast. So, <laughs> Verse three said, carry by four of them. You know, there are four guys or girls, it doesn't say the gender, carrying their friend to Jesus. And what's interesting is we're never told their names. Uh, I, I, part of that might be because the Bible didn't, didn't know. Part of it might be, I wonder if these guys wanted to be a little more anonymous because they wanted God to get the glory, Right? But what's interesting is I think these guys who move and made room so their friend could have a moment with Christ, I think we could name them. And, and I, this is what I'm going to name a fr Friend one, his name was Compassion. It's Compassion. Because if you read any time in the Gospels of Jesus, when a crowd comes on to him multiple times, it says Jesus had compassion on them and healed all the sick. Because Jesus had compassion, he went and talked to the thing. That's how, guys, we're incapable of hearing all these things by our own. So I, I have a hard time when, like, when, when people aren't believers yet or maybe they choose not to follow Christ and they try to help people. I'm like, well, you're not intended to carry that. God's the giver of compassion because he is the God of compassion. I believe compassion was there that day. Friend number two, I would say, is faith. Faith. This is the friend that says, hey, when we move and get our buddy Jesus, he'll be healed. And we're all like, no, 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 no. When we get there, we're going to get him in there and he's going to be healed. And we're like, all right, then, all right, all right. It's like that friend that gets you fired up. It's good. Friend number three is determination. This is the friend that when they got to the door and they looked at Faith and they said, really? The house is full. And Faith is like, brr, I'm sorry. <laughs> the determination said, no, no, we're going to figure it out. 
We're going to make room. We, there's stairs right here. Maybe we can go through the freaking roof. That's what determination says. And you're like, okay. This is a bad idea. Determination. we got to find a way. And the fourth one's my favorite one. It had to be love. Because love's the friend who says we have to, we got to, we need to, we can't stop. They've been complaining. They've been hurting for years. There's something we have to do. This is our best friend. This is our family. This is our cousin. This is our brother. And if we don't do something, it's going to be bad. Love. Why? Because love never gives up, 1 Corinthians. So if you're in this room at the sound of my voice, I'm not asking you to have all the answers. I'm not asking you to be the perfect. I'm asking you to be the family member and the friend who never stinking gives up on someone, who's going to love no matter what. If I don't know what to do, if I don't know you need to go to the hospital or you need a friend or you need to call me at midnight or you're stressing out, I may not have the answer, but I'm never going to give up for you. Because what the enemy does, I've seen this in counseling, I've seen this as a pastor, and I've lived this in my life now and before, the enemy's tool is to separate us, but the way he does that is isolation. And when we get isolated, that's when anxiety wins. That's when depression wins. That's when I can give you statistics of the four colleges in this city, people have attempted suicide because they think ultimately no one loves them. And it's far from the truth. All I'm asking you to do is be the friend or family member that loves. Because another thing about love is love never fails. It never fails. I believe love was there that day and said, no, we're going to figure this out. We're gonna ha- we have to figure it out. It's not so much we're called to be the solution, have all the answers. We're just called to walk alongside till our friends get the solution and answers. So I'd ask you, who's in your circle? And are you willing to be one of the friends I just described? Because in order to move and make room to, to have what your life or your friend's life or family life, I believe we have to have these characteristics. Number three, question would be, are you willing to move? Are you willing to move? Verse 4, they made an opening in the roof. So if you're serious about getting time with Jesus, finding a way is not going to be enough. You've got to make a way. Let me give you some examples. Sometimes, this has happened to me in the last month, sometimes you won't find time in your schedule until you make time in your schedule. We all have 24 hours. I'm not negating how some of y'all's schedule is full. But there's got to be a determination where, like, I'm going to make a way in Jesus' name. Sometimes you won't find time to get to church. you got to make time to get in church. Just being your pastor, just being lovingly bold. This is my favorite one. Sometimes you won't find extra money to give or invest in others or be generous until you not make more money. Tricked you. You make a spirit of generosity and obedience and importance in your life. I'm not talking about just the tie. I'm talking about if my friend needs help, even if I had $2, I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to invest my time in my people that need it the most. And then I'm gonna, that's going to make room for a generous heart. Some of y'all have been fighting or craving or needing healthy community. And you're not going to just find that. You've got to make time for a life group. You've got to make time for some healthy community. Some of y'all want to find your purpose, your calling, what you're supposed to do. You're like, I'm here. I'm not called to ministry, but I, I, I want to work in the workplace and I want to influence people for God. We got to make time to serve. You got to make time to love the people in your circles of life. I'm not saying this to shake my finger at you. I'm just saying the time is now. We're never going to find more time or find the right thing. We got to make it happen. We got to move and make room. So I just think it's not, we're not going to wake up one day and think, I'm really good at this. <laughs> we got to make it happen. We got to go get it, is what me and my friends say. We gotta, sometimes we just got to go get it. And this is one of those times we got to go get it. Can I get an amen? If you want to make time or make room for Jesus, we might have to change a few things. We have to do things a little different. 
We might have to work a little harder. Let me say another one. We might have to work a little smarter. Sometimes the answer, y'all work your tail off. Sometimes that's not the answer to go over the top and you get exhausted. Sometimes you just have to be a little smarter. Sometimes we have to be a little more structured, a little more calculated to make room for the Lord. Remember the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Man, I've done that in my life. This is another way to say it that Pastor Clay said it. If you do what you've always done, you will have what you've always had. If you do what you've always done, you will have what you've always had. I immediately, when I was preparing this morning, thought of relationships. Some of y'all, and I was like this, guys or girls, you're in a relationship or been in a relationship or in the past have had a relationship, and you think, how do I always get myself in blank? That's what you've said. That's what I've said. But I think you've had what you've always had because you've done what you've always done. Guys, you've led her in that way, so it's always ended in this way. Girls, you've allowed a guy to lower your standards sometimes because you think he's going to lead you well, and then he doesn't. And that's okay. That's not your fault. But the next three relationships, it is your fault. Because we got to know to say, swerve, no, you're not good enough because you're not going to lead me. Because we can't believe for greater things and if we're going to do the same thing we've always done. That's just trying to help you. I'm not trying to come down here. I promise. But if you want to move and make room something new in your life, I believe that God's going to show us new experiences, new things we've never had, new things we've never encountered, new moments with Christ that would propel us to the next thing. Last one, number four. My question would be to you, going into the summer, rest of the semester, how much faith you got? It's a challenge for sure. How much faith you got? If we're going to move and make room, I'm asking you questions based off this Mark 2 scripture. I would look you in the eye and say, how much faith you got? Because in Hebrews, Scripture clearly says faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. And so if you're at a place where you're a new believer or you've been a believer for 30 years and you're like, I mean, I feel like I just need more faith. One answer is simply you just need more of the Word of God in your heart. So if you just spend 10 minutes a day with the Lord and read, I promise you your faith is going to grow. Why? Because faith comes by knowing who God is and knowing what he's done. And then you can add a third one, knowing what he's done in your life. Then you'll have the faith when you want to move and make room and shake some things up in your life. Verse 6, Jesus said, when they saw their faith, he spoke to the man. Their faith. This is when people teach on the scripture. This is one of the most famous scriptures pastors preach on because it was the faith of the men and women who brought their friend that healed the guy. It's crazy. Not the faith of the crowd in the room. Not the faith of the paralytic man that was like, please just help me. It was the faith of the friends. It's just amazing. So Jesus is kind of saying, hey, your faith has something to do with it. I want you all to write this down. It's like an addition to what I said in the very beginning of the message. When you move and make room for others and do it with faith, that's a recipe for a miracle. Or what Pastor Neil would say is that's miracle territory. When you move and make room for others and do it with faith, that's a recipe. That's, a, that's an equation for miracle territory. For God to do something unexpected, exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine, to shake things up in our life for the better, that's the, the remedy right there. So these guys knew they had to do something different. It's crazy what they did. But they didn't just stop. They didn't quit. That wasn't part of the equation. They had to reposition themselves, move, and make room. So I just want to end with this question I asked you earlier. Because I, what I, when we pray for you guys in these messages, guys, we pray for that from the word, from an example, from something in your life that God would speak to you. Sometimes it's not this crazy audible voice that some people fixate on for some reason. I've never heard an audible voice. But I feel like I hear things in my own voice in my heart, and I'm like, this is what it is. And I've been praying all day that God would make it clear what you need to move and make room. And again, this move might not be a bad move. Change is inevitable. We can either decide to change or change will change us when it needs to happen. 
I'd rather be the guy that makes change happen before I have to change. Change when I can change. But think about it, y'all change all the time. We change what we eat, we change what we wear, we change our hair color, we change how we dress. But sometimes when it comes to the things of God, it's we don't like other people to tell us to change. Well, I'm just asking you to be open to the Father in heaven who loves you, who created you, who wants the best for you to say, hey, let's move some stuff around and make room for me to do some work in your life. This is not for Pastor Amir. This is all for you. Because I believe in y'all. I pray for y'all. And when I've been praying for y'all, I think God's going to make it clear. And if you were here at service uh, on Sunday, Pastor Chris talked a similar message. I want you just to write it down. And if you're like me, sometimes you hear a little later tonight when you're driving or tomorrow, anytime when you feel like, man, this is the thing i got to move and make room, I want you to just to write it down. Put it somewhere in front of you. Maybe get a scripture to stand on. I told you mine. Mine's I want to seek God in a new way because I want to honor my future wife and give her the husband she deserves from day one. I'm not trying to be a perfect husband because there's things you can't learn until you're married. So I hear. So I'm learning. Move and make room. I think, you guys, if we don't do it, there's going to be things in our life, influences, habits, that we have to move in order to God to do something only he can do. And what's awesome is a, a phrase we say as a church, we believe, we stand on, that's why we do everything we do is we believe that one moment in the presence of God can change everything. Just one moment. That's why we worship. That's why we have life groups. That's why we serve. That's why we have woman conference and collide. We just, we fight for the presence of God and we believe one moment that can change us for the rest of our life. So I'm trying to get you to just to move something Let's spend some time with the Lord, however that is for you. And what if God just comes and shakes some things up? The last thing I'll say, and then I'm going to pray for you guys. It's just kind of what I hinted at in the beginning. I've been praying about some new vision for our ministry. And um, it's interesting because I've never th- I, I never thought I'd be a pastor. <laughs> so when Pastor Neil's like, hey, I want you to seek God about some new vision, I'm like, I don't, is there a book? Is there like, do I go to a conference? Like, is there a workshop? I don't know. What do you, what do, you do? Um so I've, since January, we had that call. I, I've been talking, I've been praying, and I fasted a little, just to be honest with you all. It's in the past. You're not supposed to talk about fasting, but I done did it, so it's okay we talk about it now. And these are the two reasons why I believe we would move and make room as a ministry. And I just want you all to press in because you all are our people. I know some of you all, this might be your first or a couple times. You're like, well, this is kind of a lot. Let me just soak it up. We'll be great. But I, I believe the first reason we got to move and make room is elevation so you guys can grow deeper simply in your relationship with God. Grow deeper in finding your place in Christ. Grow deeper in finding your place in the local church because we're just a ministry. It's all about the local church because the local church is the hope of the world. And so Elevation is nothing without New Life Church. Nothing. I love Elevation, but we're nothing. We, we fall under the house. That's why in the summer, it's not like we stop. No, we're just hanging out at the house. We're like the, I always like to say, we're the pool house outside the house, but we have like a mansion of a house. You're trying to hang out on the pool side? I mean, the pool's cool, but after a while, winter comes and you're trying to get in the house. You know what I'm saying? So you got to get in the house. Roy liked that one. That's good. Or you got to go deeper in community. That's what I want you all to grow deeper in. The second thing I would say we move and make room, and sometimes people ask, well, what kind of church are you? We need to move and make room to make room for people who aren't here. I just think for the heart of our pastors who simply have said since the beginning, we need to be a church that is humble, that has integrity, and that seeks after the next person. We're always going to be a church, guys, that tries to pastor and help you guys grow, but is also open to reaching a new person. We're both. We're not a seeker-friendly church, but we're also not a person-friendly. I don't know the other er word for it because I didn't go to seminary. It's just like we're both. I, my job is to help you guys grow and take a step in Christ, but we pray and believe that y'all will bring your other people would come to these doors and experience God for the first time or the hundredth time. 
So I believe we're called to move and make room to reach other college students, to reach other young adults, to reach other young married couples. I don't know if you looked around the room, but there's about four or five kids in this room, and that's what we're called to be. Because we're a generation of young adults. I understand that an 18-year-old is different than a 29-year-old, but I believe we're called to be a generation of millennials to grow together. And we can either put that in our head or we can just step up to the play, the mandate, and we can grow and be a ministry that I believe God's called us to be. The way we're going to do it is simply this. I just believe, I've been told this since I became a pastor, but I felt like God really showed me we're just going to simplify how we do elevation a little bit. Because I, I, I've realized that we're, we're trying to get, ask y'all for a little too much. And it's okay, but under the vision of our church and what we do, and in Conway, Arkansas, this is what we're trying to do. So we're going to try to meet you where you're at a little more so you guys can get equipped as, as uh, students, young adults, so you can grow deeper as leaders. That's really, really passionate to me because leadership permeates every aspect of life. And the Great Commission is simple. You're called to make disciples. So if we're not a ministry that's helping you make disciples, and that might sound very daunting or, thing, daunting or overwhelming, but Pastor Goy says if you're one step ahead of someone, you can lead them. And I'm not talking about you walk up to someone and rule over them, but I'm talking about the people in your life, your friends, your coworkers that have no knowledge or they're a step behind you, and you can simply encourage them, be a light for them, and that's discipleship. There's no cookie-cutter way to do it. To share your faith sometimes, what God's done and who he is. That's what we're called to do as a ministry. And the way we're going to do it is simply this. I don't have all the nuts and bolts, but I'm just going to dream with you. We're going to focus a lot more on life groups. A lot of y'all are in life groups. You know the fruit of life groups, but some of y'all aren't. So it's going to be like this. When someone's going to walk up to me and say, how do I get in the young adult ministry? I say, you join a group. We're going to have probably double the amount of groups in the fall. We're going to have groups for college students. We're going to have groups for young adults. We're going to have groups for young married couples. I'm going to speak in existence right now. So if you have friends that are young and they're married, I don't have an age limit because a 28-year-old with two kids is way different than a 34-year-old who's single. So I'm not about to say this. No, no, no. It's whoever wants to find their place in this ministry. I believe we're called to reach all these people. So we're going to focus on life groups. If someone says, how do you get involved with the young adult ministry? You, go to, you get in a life group. The second thing we're going to do better is we're going to fall under this church. We're going to occupy Sunday service. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to have the Elevation Serve team anymore. And, that, and I mean that on a Thursday night, we're going to have it on a Sunday morning. Because our church needs us. It's always needed us. And all my heart has always been is that we equip you guys on a Thursday only to send you out on a Sunday, only to send you out Monday through Friday out in the city. Can I get an amen? That's what the serve team's about. Well, we need a place where it's time for us to reach our church, pastor our church, and serve in our church because our church needs the young adults. Because Conway's average age is 27. We're always going to be a college young adult ministry here in Conway. I can't speak for everyone. The third thing is this. This is not final. I'm going to get the blessing from Pastor Rick We're probably going to do everything on a Thursday. Meaning we're probably three weeks out of the month going to have life group on Thursday. And one week out of the month we're probably going to have service on a Thursday. And that is challenging for me. But I believe it's what God is calling us to move and make room for. A couple reasons. Anyone in this room at the sound of my voice who serves in our nursery, little life, our children's ministry, kid life, our middle school ministry, 412, our high school ministry, real life, they do that all on a Wednesday night. So I believe if we can do it on Thursday, they can find home and they can get refreshed and they can get a group. But if life groups are the most important thing we do as a ministry, then we need to put all of our bank into that. I love service. I know you all love service, but it's not the most important thing, and it's not the best thing we do. It's very hard for me, but we have an incredible service on Sunday. I, it's, it's always incredible, but the past three weeks, the messages have shaken me in my core. And the whole time, I started tearing up in my office because I thought, if someone came and listened to me on a Thursday and missed Pastor Marcus, missed Pastor Rick, missed Pastor Chris speaking, I would be so challenged. So it's not that they're better than me. It's that these are our lead pastors that have been pastoring for 20 years longer than me who have words from God for you guys, and we need to be a better job of falling under the house. There's a good chance we're going to meet off-site on that Thursday, somewhere crazy in this town. And it's going to reach a lot of people. Some people, guys, in your circle, and you know this, just a little intimidated to come to a church. Well, if they come to a warehouse, it might be different, okay? I'm not saying any final, but this is the heart of that. When you look at your week, I'm asking you to commit to a Thursday. 
and a Sunday morning. Well, you already do the Sunday morning, and most of you already do the Thursday. We want to open up time in y'all's week because we understand we want to come to y'all no more. We understand y'all are busy. We understand you, ha- you have full lives. We understand you'll have work and school and all these things. So we want to try to simplify as a ministry. So, yeah, we'll do stuff outside those days. But we're just going to spend time together. And for those of you in your schedule, you have the opportunity to do more. You want more. We're going to have things set up on Saturdays and other things to do more. But some of you are like, man, I'm just trying to come to church once a week, come to church four times a week. My best friend Nick's here. He asked me, we used to be at Elevation on Sunday night. That's when it started. He asked me one morning to go to church on Sunday morning, and I argued with him for 20 minutes because I did not understand why we go to church on Sunday morning. He said the ministry is on Sunday night, church is Sunday morning. And then when I finally got it, I was like, Nick, why would we go to church twice in the same day? Because I was just a new believer. It didn't make sense to me. So we've expected you guys to come to church three, four times a week with all due respect. I hope you did. But some of y'all, that you just can't do that in your schedule. That's probably a big why we would move to one day. But let me dream with y'all. I believe in Ephesians 4.12, I'll read you the whole scripture and then I'm going to pray. It says the church's priority is to equip his people for the works of the service. That's, that's kind of being, doing ministry for the rest of your life because you're all called to do ministry. It just might never be a, a job at the church, but you're called to do ministry, all you. So that the body of Christ may be built up, it's always for others, your gifts. Until we all reach unity in faith and become knowledgeable of Jesus and become mature. Attaining the whole measure of Christ. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what our leaders are trying to do. That's what our church is trying to do. We're trying to prepare you all for the rest of your life. Help you grow as leaders. Help you grow as disciple makers. Help you grow as men and women of God. And that can look a thousand different ways ultimately to send you out and let you affect the people in your circle. Because you know where we're going to grow the most? Guys, we're not going to reach the 15,000 college students and the maybe 20,000 total young adults. No, but we're going to do our part to reach more. And then our however many hundred people, we're going to reach our circle. And then we're going to start reaching thousands of people. And they might never come to our service. But because of you and you being faithful and you being obedient and you encouraging people and you praying for people and you loving people and you inviting them to church, we're going to start reaching the thousands. I promise you that. Because if you're faithful with a little, God's always going to give you much. So when we talk about doing things and find your place on one day and night with dreams, it's just so it opens up more in your life. I'm committed to helping you grow in any way you can, and so is our team. That's why we're moving and making room. And then I promise you know right now people at the snap of my finger that are not in this room, that you wish are in this room or connect to this ministry. And I'm talking people who don't have a church home. There's other ministries that are incredible. We pray for one every week. There's people who don't have a church home. There's hundreds of Hendrick students, CBC students, UCA students who aren't here, other students. And there's hundreds of young adults who don't have a place in this city, and we're going to make a place and find a place for them. Are you all cool with that? Does that excite you all? Cool. The last thing I'll say about that is, and it's not final, but I just really want to be honest with y'all, it might come with a name change. And that's kind of crazy to me because uh, I have Elevation Tattoo on my shoulders. Um, I really don't, but I was just seeing if y'all are awake. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, it might. I'm not trying to jump the gun. The name change would be very simple. It wouldn't be another cool name. It'd probably be something very simple. But there's still people this day, just to be 100% honest with you, they always associate Elevation with just college. And they literally won't come in these doors because we're called that. And it's not only for them, but I believe we're a generation of young adults and we're called to do life together. You'll always be in group with people your age. When it comes to serving and worshiping, stuff like that, I think we're called to do it as a generation. Because you never come here on a Sunday and the 50-year-olds go in that room and the 40-year-olds go in that room and the families go in that room. No, 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 no. We're one group of generation of believers all together. I'll stop. I love you all. Thank you for being open. Let me pray for you all.